Welcome to Code Together, a discussion series exploring the possibilities of cross-architecture development with those who live it. I'm your host, Radhika Sarin. In recent years, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and data science have seen an exceptional growth and acceptance. The rapid advancement in these fields have allowed data scientists to take advantage of these technologies to arrive at meaningful insights. However, it's not been an easy task to optimize machine learning infrastructures to allow data scientists to focus on their core expertise. Today, we will discuss how certain tools and hardware optimizations are not only saving time, but also enabling data scientists to be more productive. We have with us Devin Petershon, co-founder and CTO of Ponder. Welcome, Devin. Thank you. We also have Arik Malik Edeman, Principal Engineer and Engineering Manager at Intel. It's great to have you back, Arik. Thank you for inviting me. So let's get started. Devin and Arik, can you talk about some of the challenges that data scientists face and how are some of the tools alleviating that? Okay, Radhika, this is a really good question. In my job, we are focused on generic data science and we are targeting everything starting from the data acquisition, data ingress, data pre-processing, cleaning, preparing data for the further machine learning processing, like running classical machine learning algorithms, regressions, k-means, and the further step will be deep learning algorithms. And we found that the way the data scientists look at these problems are completely different than the data engineers, these problems. So data scientists are used to their APIs and methods that they're like. For example, in data processing world, the de facto standard is Pandas API. We use Pandas Python library to ingress data to do data manipulation, pre-processing, and cleaning. So you can move data further to the libraries like Scikit-Learn, XGBoost, etc. And one of the problems there is that these type of libraries and the Pandas API is very convenient for usage, but it is single-threaded, cannot run in a performant way, especially if you are doing complex optimizations. And that's where solutions like Modin kick in. And I will give word to Devin to talk about Modin. Thank you. So Modin is a drop-in replacement for Pandas. And it kind of comes from this idea that there are things that data scientists should care about, and there are things that data scientists shouldn't care about. Data scientists are fundamentally just trying to extract value from data. So they don't need to worry about things like, you know, how data is laid out, how data is partitioned, how to best schedule jobs or anything like that, right? None of that is really directly tied to this goal of extracting value from data. And so a lot of existing tools that work on the large scale, they're not very usable. They kind of just require you to learn a lot more about distributed computing to understand how the data is laid out. And it's really a big overhead just to kind of get started with these tools. And so we have this silo in a lot of organizations where there are different people who work at the small scale than that work at the large scale. 
And the way that I like to frame it usually is that there are tools that are usable and there are tools that are scalable. The tools that are usable are like pandas, right? Everybody's using them to kind of iterate quickly on their data and to you know, quickly gain insights from their data. On the other hand, we have tools that are scalable. And those are tools like big data tools, big data infrastructure tools. They really give you a lot of scale and performance. You can add more machines, you can throw more money at the problem, and you can solve bigger problems if you throw more money at it. This is a big disconnect though, because the people who are used to working on tools that are on the smaller scales can't use these tools that are at the larger scale. So Modin's goal is to basically break down that barrier. It's to say data scientists know enough to be able to do analytics on their data sets, no matter how large, we can just replace the import statement with Modin. Instead of importing pandas, you would import modin.pandas. And then Modin will just take care of all of the scaling, all of the scalability problems, questions like this. I mean, we know that engineers can really tune these systems and get good performance. The problem is that machines are generally good at choosing intuitive defaults. So what we've done in Modin is abstracted away a lot of these complex decisions that you have to make about where to put the data, how to lay out the data and that sort of thing, and really made a system that's both usable and scalable. Yeah, I think you touched a very important point that there are three aspects. One is the APIs that the data scientists are using and used to. The second part is about the execution. The execution always connected with data aspects. So where is your data, how it is laid out, do I do it? to do partitioning, sharding, et cetera, and the data engineers and the systems that are scalable are explicitly leaking those notions to the upper level, to the data scientist level, and requiring them to consciously make decision about distributed processing, which they often don't have expertise to do. And the second part is about the execution. Okay, you have the API call, how it's going to be executed. Do I need to do it like multi-threaded, multi-processing, distributed? If yes, how to organize that? And a well-designed system should not leak those abstractions up to the upper level, though it should provide ways, if you know what you're doing, to instruct the system how to do that. One of the advantages of modding is this well-designed layered architecture where on top of the system, you have user-facing APIs and modern out-of-the-box supports Pandas API, 100% functional and about, if I'm not mistaken, 90% performant. Also, you can have plugged-in SQL front-end, so you can use SQL interchangeably. And there's a possibility to plug in domain-specific language to leverage all the layered architecture. And this information hiding and layered API is giving possibility for system engineers to create systems that are using the same APIs, but can run on, on a completely different types of hardware, both locally and in a distributed manner, and even in the cloud. Okay, so I think it'll be good to have an overview of the modern architecture in general, the layers, and information exchange and how this layer architecture allows users to do performant processing of data. Devin, do you want to take lead here? Yeah, sure. I'll jump in here. So 
Ari, you already mentioned a bit about the API layer and how we can actually just treat the API as a different layer. The layered architecture does give us a lot of power. So the Pandas API, a SQL API. We even have been toying around with like an experimental spreadsheet interface. All of these things are just different ways of expressing what you want to do. And so the view that we've taken for Modin is that fundamentally, the tool should not get in the way of what you want to do. It should just be that you're expressing computation, right? Or you're expressing what you want to do. And then the computation is just handled for you. Speaking of APIs, you know, one thing that I've seen people say about Pandas is that the Pandas API is not scalable. And I think that there's a big distinction between Pandas not being scalable, which is true, and the Pandas API not being scalable. The API is massive, of course, and it's very, very difficult to kind of go through and individually parallelize all of these things. The layered architecture of Modin actually gives us a lot of power to reduce the surface that we need to parallelize. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But an API is just a way of expressing what you want. It can't be scalable or not scalable. Yeah, it's scalable API is kind of, I don't know, oxymoron to say that. Execution can be scalable or data processing can be scalable. The API is just API. Right, right. I think that it's kind of a mistake to tie the Pandas API to the Pandas execution and say that Pandas API cannot be scalable because Pandas isn't scalable. Pandas is just not optimized. And Pandas itself actually, you know, there are a lot of leaky details about how things are implemented. But what we've done in Modin has done a lot of things like separating the logical order from the physical order and a bunch of different concepts that you have in databases that, you know, when you try to apply them to data frames, it takes a little bit of finesse to make it work, but you get so much more benefit whenever you're not leaking these details, you get so much more benefit whenever you parallelize things. So there's a lot of things that we can do once we decouple the API from the execution like we have in Modin. And so the internal layers at the kind of narrow waste of Modin is the data frame algebra which was developed at Berkeley as a part of my PhD thesis effectively. So what we can do is take the over 600 operators in Pandas and express those in around 16 operators. And the 16 operators are very powerful, very expressive, but they also give us the ability to express things in an optimal way. We can do things like suggest type hints, for example, or assume an output order because we've done a lot of the work that it takes to kind of identify this narrow waste algebra. And the algebra is actually what we can implement in a scalable way. Then all it is, is just a matter of basically translating the Pandas API into this algebra. And once you have a scalable implementation of the algebra, you have a scalable Pandas effectively because of that narrow waste. Yeah. And as we know, in a well-designed system, each layer provides a different abstraction from the layers above and below, which is nicely done in modern. Yes, modern is not the ideal, but this layer way is done very nicely. And that's what we are leveraging. If you follow like a single operation as it moves up and down to the layers, abstractions change with each method. And that's what makes modern powerful. It's deep. One of my favorite examples is Unix file functions manipulation function, there are only five of it. But each function is a very deep because Linux or Unix is comprised of very well-defined abstraction layers. And modern following the same tradition, providing different abstractions, different layer. Like if you want to do data frame read, then each layer is dealing with its own 
there are a lot of obstructions. From the user perspective, it's just a pandas call, but then we know that it needs to go and find the file. It needs to do some assumptions about file, how many workers need to be involved. Are we doing in a distributed way or just in a multi-processing way? Perform the parallel read from the source, fill out some metadata so that can be used in the further operations. And this is the power that Modern is providing to be able to optimize on the needed level or the needed task. Right. So this doesn't actually just limit us to being able to use Ray and Dask, which are commonly associated with modern running on. We can also leverage existing high-performance database systems. Data processing systems in general. Yes. I mean, as long as you can implement the algebra or some subset of the algebra, you can have a Pandas API on top of it. And so we have, of course, OmniSci, which has been under development for quite a while now, actually. Yeah, it's more than a year, right? Yeah, it's quite robust, I think, at this point. OmniSci is a very performant database that can run things on CPU or GPU. And so we have the ability to be heterogeneous you know, on these engines. Modin isn't tied to really any specific execution model or anything like that. We have just a lot of power by having this narrow waste of the data frame algebra. Yeah, and this data, this layered architecture with the data from algebra allows us to use OmniSci in a different modes. On the layer that is responsible for the data frame algebra, we generate a query plan, then it goes to the OmniSci DB, and because OmniSci DB is able to do heterogeneous execution, boom, now you can run in on CPU or GPU or both on CPU and GPU, which is quite unique in the world of data frames. Yeah. So one of my thesis topics was actually around like data frames. And when we talk about data frames, everybody's got kind of their own idea of what a data frame is. When I'm talking about a data frame, typically I'm talking about the kind of R and Pandas data frame world where I think, you know, our team at Berkeley was the first to define a data frame data model and, you know, defining this and being able to express it in math you know, having the data model and having the algebra, this actually gives us a lot of, you know, future really interesting work because we can start to optimize things once we can express them in math. And the mathematical foundation of Modin, it's there. Not only does it give us this ability to go in and optimize things, but it also gives us the ability to run computation on heterogeneous systems or execution. Yeah, I think for the listeners who are much aware about data from algebra, I recommend them to go read your papers. But the analogy is quite good. The same way as databases, uh, we're using relational algebra as a foundation of the uh, further work because there's a, again, very well-layered architecture. On the top, you have database manipulation language, which usually is a SQL, then which is being translated into the relational algebra. And that's the point of entry to the real database and real execution. The same is here. Data frame algebra provides you the entry point where based on the additional information you know about the execution part, about the system you are running on, you can slice and dice and optimize the way needed to fulfill some service level objective. You want to do it fast. You want to do it minimally involving cores in a certain time, et cetera, et cetera. All those optimizations are now possible because you have this very powerful and explicit 
intermediate language called data frame algebra. And I propose to switch gears a little bit and talk about some limitations of Python that we're encountering in modern and in general, the advancement and trends that we see and preparing to implement in modern. Sounds great. Okay, so let me ask you a quite a controversial or question, like why Python? Like why do people in data science use Python? I have my answer, but I would love to hear your. Yeah, it's a great question. Some people have said that the reason Python is so popular is actually because of pandas. Now, Python is not a strongly typed language. When you're doing data science, that can actually be powerful because sometimes you get data in that's not clean. You get data in that's not you know, fully adhering to your desired schema, and you have to do something with it. Before data frames, it wasn't really that easy to load something in that had multiple different data types within a column, for example. Python, as a language, can do things like throw runtime type errors. You can throw type errors at runtime, and pandas will try to infer the type of a column at runtime. These are extremely powerful when it comes to trying to clean data and trying to analyze data that isn't necessarily well-typed or well-schemed. And so I think at least this is somehow contributing to the major rise in Python, the major rise in Pandas, because these are concepts that we've worked on formalizing in terms of the type inference rules, for example, and the rules for how to maintain order. All these components of the data frame are things that we've worked on formalizing. And so we have a lot of challenges in trying to scale some of these behaviors that aren't present in other systems. There aren't a lot of systems that let you have really loosely typed columns and that don't really adhere to any specific schema, but still allow you to do things like joins when your schema is not well-defined. Pandas it allows you to do that. Yeah, it's a really good point. Python is a language without bones. So it's ideally created for adopting DSLs, domain-specific languages, because Pandas is a domain-specific language. TensorFlow is a domain-specific language. All these popular frameworks are domain-specific languages. And Python is an ideal candidate, ideal language to adopt to, this, to the requirements of DSLs. It will be great if Python out of the box was distributed concurrent programming language. Then lots of problems that we are now dealing by creating these layered architectures and hiding execution from the top level would have been gone, but we have what we have. And the problems with the concurrency were well known in, in the Python world. And because of that, systems like Dask, Ray, a couple of others occur who are trying to fill the gap of this lack of concurrency and lack of distribution. So what do you think is going to happen in the future in terms of the execution engine in modern. And why am I interested? Because as you know, Intel has Intel distribution of modern, which is part of one API AI analytics kit, and intended to have the best optimizations for the Intel platform. We are constantly monitoring and optimizing modern, both in upstream and in Intel distribution for Python for these various executions engines. So what's your take on this? 
Yeah. So you asked about the future of Moda in, in terms of execution. One of the observations that I've had in the context of Ponder, Ponder is the company that's you know, behind Modin. One of the things that I've noticed with a lot of organizations is that these folks who do data science don't often get to choose their infrastructure. And so what we are doing is basically working on building Pandas on everything where it'll basically run on your hardware, software, on your deployments, wherever you run your data pipelines, Modin will basically allow you to run on those. And so we have proven good performance with systems that perform SQL queries. We have good performance on things like Dask and Ray. So what we're really trying to do is enable data scientists to just run pandas on their company's chosen platform. And we've seen a lot of value in some of the companies that we're working with who want to migrate from one system to another what they're doing is they're using Modin. We're integrating Modin with the first system. The migration is happening at some point in the future. And whenever that happens, we'll have all the testing in place and everything will just be ready. We'll just turn a switch within Modin and then Modin will now be using system B. And it didn't take thousands of human hours to sit at the computer and go and type around trying to figure out how to debug all these corner cases in the new system, right? Because Modin knows how to translate these Panda scripts down into both system A and system B. And so what we're trying to build and what we're trying to unlock is the productivity that you would gain from not having to do all of this extra boilerplate work, all of this extra translating. I mean, do we really need people whose job it is to translate Pandas to Spark? That seems like a total waste of time to me. So. What we really want to do is just elevate the level at which people think about things, work in Pandas, work in SQL, work in whatever language you like. Modin will do the work of translating it down into the data frame algebra, which is extremely expressive, as we've been mentioning. And then that data frame algebra will be implemented and translated to multiple other systems. So the Pandas on everything vision isn't just Pandas, of course. It's really multiple front ends to multiple back ends. But that's been the vision from the beginning is this idea that data scientists can just sit down at a computer and immediately be productive. Yeah, you touched really very important points. And one of the aspects that we are constantly working is standardization. And both Ponder and, of course, Intel, Intel is a part of the Data APIs Standardization Consortium. Intel is a founding member of the Data APIs Standardization Consortium. And currently, this consortium is focused on standardizing two aspects of data science, standard array APIs and array exchange protocols and data frame APIs and data frame exchange protocols. Array APIs and exchange is a little bit further, more advanced. The first version is out. It's already adopted by most popular libraries like NumPy, PyTorch, MXNet, Scikit-learn. So this array APIs standardization allows one of the first aspects of breaking from this jail that Devin was mentioning when dealing with the arrays. And the next step is data frame APIs, data frame exchange protocols that are coming. Data frame exchange protocol RFC is published and the APIs will follow. 
And this will allow to use completely standard APIs in various systems. And the vision that Modern has is becoming even easier. Now you don't need to do end-to-end translation of various APIs to the modern execution, but you can actually focus on a single standard APIs if the standard API is adopted between various systems. And currently we see interest from Pandas, Modin, Vax, and QDF. So I think that these systems will be the first systems to adopt the standardized data frame APIs, which will make, first of all, data scientists' life much easier. But of course, it will allow us to focus more on optimizations instead of doing a lot more translation and covering corner cases. Devin, could you provide some resources for developers to learn more? So Modin is completely open source. The work we're doing at Ponder is open source. You can go to Ponder.io and you can find all the links there. But Modin is on GitHub at github.com slash Modin project slash Modin. That's M-O-D-I-N. You can also pip install Modin. We actually recently surpassed two and a half million installs since the project's inception. So it's growing and the community is constantly growing. There are lots of other tools and utilities on the Ponder Company website and also the GitHub. You can also just email me directly at devin at ponder.io. That's D-E-V-I-N at ponder.io. Or you can reach out over LinkedIn and connect with me. I'm always happy to chat about the things that we're doing and help folks get introduced into the modern ecosystem. Arik, do you have any additional resources or tools that our listeners can use from the Intel site? Intel is a partner for the open sourcing. So we, all the optimizations and the work related to the performance backend attaching and optimizing is also done in open source. And you can see in the GitHub uh, all the names of uh, Intel folks that are working on this and optimizing and moving community forward. The product Intel is bringing to the market is called One API AI Toolkit. It's based on the open source versions of Modins, optimized by Intel Scikit-Learn extensions for Intel, optimized PyTorch, and optimized TensorFlow. Perfect. Well, we're almost out of time. I wanted to thank both of you. Devin, Arig, it has been such an exciting discussion, and it's been a pleasure to have you both. I would love to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation on oneapi.com. Thank you.